Uh, we're in a movie series called At the Movies, and um, we've last week we looked at the, the movie Selma, and, um, and and looked at how God's called us to love people and, and to serve people, and and to um, how love wins all the time, and and how and how God's called us to be a church that loves the city and that pours into the city and that encourages this city. And and um, but this week we're going to look at uh, the movie called The Martian. And then next week, we're going to land on the movie Inside Out. It's a great movie. There's a lot of stuff in there that I think is going to be very, very powerful, and hopefully it's going to impact you as a person and make you a better person. But today, we're going to look at the movie The Martian. The, to give you the little basic little synopsis of the movie, astronauts blast off from the planet Mars, and they leave behind Mark Watney, who is Matt Damon. Girls, who's going to leave behind Matt Damon? You know what I'm saying? Only in the movies. You know what I'm saying? They ain't going to leave Matt Damon. And... Um, he looks great in the movie. Um, but <clears throat> they presume that he's dead after a fierce storm. And with only a meager amount of supplies, the, stand, the stranded visitor must utilize his wits and his spirit to find a way to survive on this hostile planet. Meanwhile, back on Earth, members of NASA and a team of international scientists will work tirelessly to bring him home while his crewmates hatch their own plan for a daring rescue mission. So we're going to watch uh, part of this movie, but I want to give you the title of my movie today, title of, of the sermon today. And this idea of this is when everything falls apart, if you're honest in here today, and, and a lot of us, sometimes our life is like that opening scene. Things are going, and then poof, you get knocked over, you, you get hit, you get sideswiped. And it's not too, it doesn't take you too very long to maybe hop on your computer in the morning to get emails and they take your breath away and, and, or, or they, they frustrate you or they open up with, with problems. Uh, a buddy of mine last week said, hey, I, I can't make it to church. Things are going, everything's falling apart at work. And, and maybe it'd be nice for some of them here today, if you're honest, like, man, it'd be nice if everything was falling apart at work, but maybe everything's falling apart for you, maybe in your, in your home, or maybe it's falling apart for you in your relationships, or maybe your kid's falling apart, or you have all these things in your life that, man, I, I have this perfect path. I want to look like this, but then tragedy happens, trials happen, situations happen, things happen, and you kind of get sideswiped. I was planning this west and things were going a certain way, but then this happened. And we probably all can relate. If not you, you know someone, or maybe if not you, it's going to be you, where you're going through life and then you get sideswiped. And in this movie, we see him, he gets taken out. That's, how the, that's the intro of the movie, him, him getting knocked, knocked away from his group and he's left all alone. Yesterday, I was at a funeral um, of a about 60-year-old lady and um, she left behind her 23-year-old son. And, and I got there yesterday and gave him a big hug and, and, he, and he just looked at me like, what am I supposed to do? And, and I'm one of those guys where I think if you don't, sometimes saying nothing, saying nothing is sometimes is the best thing you can do. And sometimes, I've said this a long time in our church, but giving biblical advice at the wrong time can be bad advice. And so I just gave him a big hug and said, bro, I'm, if you need anything, I'm here for you. And if you walked in today and, and you told me your story and you said, hey man, I'm having a hard time, I would say to you, hey, if, if you need anything, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here for you today. Because tragedy happens. If you're gonna live life on this earth, it's gonna happen. The Bible talks about bad things happening, tragedies happen, situations happen. When you lose your job, the relationships, the finances don't go the way they're supposed to go. And a list of things can happen but tragedy happens. But when tragedy happens, we all have a choice. Every single one of us in here today, you can write this down, we all have a choice. Or take your phone, I, I, I was laughing today because a lot of times I don't say write this down, I say, hey, take a picture with your phone because you're like, write it down. That would, that would imply that I have a pen and a piece of paper, West. And we're in 2017 and we don't have that, we have dice. But take a picture, we all have a choice. I think a lot of people, the reason why that seems so basic and that seems so foundational is a lot of people don't think they have a choice. They think everything's falling apart, it's supposed to. Things aren't, things aren't, my job stinks, 
it's supposed to stink. My finances stink, it's supposed to stink. Like everything's not going the way it's supposed to go. Well, that's just the way it's supposed to go because that's the way it went for my family and then it went for me. But you have a choice. And in this movie, you're gonna see that Matt Damon or this, this actor, this, this astronaut Mark Whitney, he realizes that he has, he has a choice. He could lay there and die there or he could get back up. He gets in that video, he does a video blog all throughout out the, out the movie and in the clip right next to it, he says, I'm not gonna die. Right before you watch the movie, he says, I'm not gonna die. When, you, when everything falls apart, you have a choice and he decided that survival is an option. Survival is an option. So he says, luckily, I love that part, he goes, I'm a botanist. And I, I, I love that about these guys that there's all different backgrounds, these astronauts when they go up there, it's not the same cookie cutter kind of person. They all have different backgrounds, different fields, but he says, luckily, I'm a botanist. So you see him going to get dirt and he's bringing it inside and, and he takes the kitchen where they normally would have had meals and he makes this greenhouse and he makes fire. And I didn't show it to you, but he, he, blow, he actually fire, he starts firing it and blows up on him. So the next time when you see him wearing a suit, he never took into account that the oxygen from his, uh, the, the, his own breath would cause a reaction and make the fire more explosive. But he makes fire and he makes water and he makes his own food because survival is an option. And if you're in here today and it seems like your situation is terrible, it seems like your situation is not gonna get any better, it seems like you're just gonna lay there and not ever make it, survival, it actually is an option. A few weeks ago, I told you guys this, but I think sometimes people wake up and they're like, man, my day's gonna be bad because it was bad yesterday. It's gonna be bad tomorrow. It's gonna be bad the next day. And so I'm just gonna live this bad day. And most people live that bad day for so long that they think survival is not an option. They think, there's no way I'm gonna make it. I'm just gonna lay here and I'm just gonna, I'm basically gonna, I'm gonna die. But he decides I could lay, I could stay there and I can die and, and maybe no one will ever get me. He begins to devise a plan and realize, man, maybe I can, Maybe I can survive. And so he does the math. He says, I've got this food here for, for these six people, but they're all gone. It's just me. So I can have the food that I'm going to have, that they're going to have, and I'll make it. And if I can last a, a year, I have basically have a year to, to grow three years. And he knew that there was another NASA mission coming again in four years. So he's like, they're going to be here in four years. Could you imagine holding out that you were going to make it for four years? Imagine being stuck in your house or being in your current situation. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine this week after men's Bible study. He said, you know, he said, you remember when you told me that it was a good thing that I lost my job? He basically said to me, I, I wanted to punch you, you know? He said, but I didn't. He goes, I, but I'm realizing now, hindsight, looking back, it was a good thing for me. It was a bad environment. It was an unhealthy environment. If you're in an unhealthy environment, you'll begin, to, you'll begin to look like the environment that you're in. If you're in a healthy environment, you'll begin to look like that environment as well. He said, but now looking back, I've applied for job after job after job. I can look back now and realize it's actually a good thing that I got fired because I would have stayed there and I would have stayed in that environment. And I always try to tell people, hey, survival, you have a choice. And survival, it actually is an option, but can you imagine living the same day over and over and over again in hopes and maybe, and there's a small chance that I might make it? That's how he lived his life. It started off bleak, but he realized that he had a choice. He also realized that survival is an option. The scriptures tell us that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Like if you have Jesus on your side, then you actually, you actually can make it. We're gonna unpack some scripture in just a moment, but Romans 8, 20 says, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and they're called according to his purpose. You actually have, not only, is, is it a, not only do we have a choice, but survival actually is an option. Tragedies happen, situations happen, but you have to realize that survival, it is an option. We tell you this all the time, but whatever season you're in, it's probably going to be temporary. You're going to make it. 
you're going to survive. Last week we went skating as a church, and I'd like to report to you today that no one got hurt. It was great. No skinny jeans were ripped. It was incredible. And um, I, was, I skated with this, 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 this young man for probably a long time. It, it, to everyone else, it looked like a couple skate, you know. Um, but we were talking, and, you know, and every once in a while we got a little bit too close, so I had to, like, skate a little bit further away from him, you know, to make, you know, to keep it macho. And so I'm having this conversation. We were talking about life. And he said, there was a season in my life when I just thought, man, survival, survival actually, it actually wasn't an option. And he began to tell me, like, here's what I need to do, here's what I need to do. And a lot of people, when they come to me, they already know what they need to do. They just need to say to someone and say, hey, yeah, you're right. Hey, you, you do. And there's some people that come to me like, I have no idea what to do. Can you tell me what to do? I'm like, yes, I can't wait. <laughs> here's what the Bible says. Here's what God wants you to do. But he said, man, I just, I didn't know for so long. I just thought survival was an option. But I'm here today to tell you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what situation you're in, you have a choice and survival is an option. In the next clip, I wanna show you, his team finds out that he's actually not dead. They're headed back to earth, but they don't know he's alive, and, and he doesn't know that they're even thinking about him. But in this clip, they're gonna find that out. Over the next 45 minutes, I'm sparing you with a movie. You're, you're welcome, by the way. You don't have to watch the movie because I'm helping you see what happens in the movie. But in the movie, the next 30 minutes of this movie, they begin to develop communication. And he begins to communicate with, um, with, with NASA. NASA begins to communicate with them. And then eventually they begin to communicate, um, this, the actor in this, the movie, Mark Watney, he begins to be able to communicate with, these, with his old teammates. And they begin to joke and, and laugh and, and they begin to devise a plan to, to, to connect and for them to go back. And, and you, you come to find out that, that they, they have this sitting down there at this table and NASA tells them, hey, get back here. And they decide they're gonna go back and get their friend. And all odds are absolutely against them. Things are not going to work. Everything has to work out just right. And if, you, if you're honest in your day, sometimes you live life, you're like, everything has to work out just right. I was with Lee this week, and I was talking about he, he just purchased a home and trying to make it all work out. And it, everything has to line up just right to have this closing. Anybody in here ever had a, a closing date gone bad? with the house, you ever had that? So you guys know exactly how everything's supposed to line up and it doesn't line up. My friend Steven here is here today and he was supposed to be in his house at X and it was months, it was weeks. And two weeks became three weeks and three weeks became four weeks and four weeks became six weeks and eight weeks. And the place where he was staying, I was like, yeah, you can stay here for a few weeks and it ended up being months. And everything has to line up just the right way. I was talking to a sweet girl in the back there today and she said, I just graduated from USF and I said, go Bulls in honor of you, Garmin's, and I say, go Bulls, and, and yeah, hook them, whatever you guys do. And, um, and, uh, and I was telling her, I said, man, I'm, I'm super excited for you. I said, what's next? And she's like, well, I said, I know I sound like your mom or dad. I said, but what's next? Because that's kind of how it was society. We're like, what's next? And she's like, well, I'm trying to be uh, a physical therapist or something like that. She's like, I want to go Northeast. It's less competitive. And everything has to line up just right. And a lot of times in life, we're hoping things line up just right, but if we're honest in your tale, a lot of things don't line up just right. My brother-in-law is here today, and he, has a, he owns a business. I've told you guys that, a landscaping business. And any of our business owners in here today, I realize that sometimes when you own a business, you know things don't line up <laughs> the way they're supposed to, to line up. Things don't always line up the way they're supposed to line up, but you have to believe you're gonna make it. You have to believe that you're gonna make it. Now, this is important. Make sure you grab a picture of this as well. You have to believe you're gonna make it, because here's, here's why. You gotta believe you're gonna make it. I remember when I first met Mark and Heather Smith, they're in the, in the back row, and, and I, I, they walked in the church here today, and they said, man, we won't be part of this church, but where we're coming from wasn't a very, very good environment. But I'm like, hey, you're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. Keep on getting that Dunkin' Donuts and keep on showing up, and you gotta believe you're gonna make it. And you walk in here today, and I can say, you gotta believe you're gonna make it, but you have to believe that you're gonna make it. I can believe it for you, but you have to believe it for yourself. 
Craig and Steph are here today, and a few months ago, they were driving to go see his dad, and he got, got a phone call that no pastor wants to get, and it was that his church was on fire. And that sounds awesome if you're Pentecostal. The church was on fire. That sounds awesome. But it was literally on fire. You know, it was like literally in flames, you know. Um, and it was, it was engulfed, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a windy day, and it was an old, old building, 100 and something years old, I think they were saying, and, or mad old, and it was basically wood. So it, just, it was electrical, and it hit, and it was just on fire, and it was all over the, I've watched the story, and, and you guys, because of your generosity, we were able to send them money to help them get that church restored, but they, their whole entire, they lost their whole entire church. Well, can you imagine getting up in front of several hundred people and saying, hey, we're going to make it, we're going to make it, we're going to make it. Everyone didn't believe that they were going to make it. They'll, they'll tell you that because they can tell you the list of people that have, that have left because they think, oh, you're not going to make it. But they know they were going to make it. And then I would see shirts, I would see shirts that they would begin to make that said the best is yet to come. And, and pastors always say the best is yet to come when things are really, really, really crappy and everything's falling apart and everything's gone to, to hell. And you're like, everything's going to make it. Everything's going to make it. And I think sometimes for pastors, we don't, may not even believe, but we're going to say it anyway. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. You're going to make it. It's going to be good. The best is yet to come. And God's going to restore and God's going to redeem. And we get up there and we preach it like we believe it. And, and we have to convince ourselves that we believe it and, and we keep on. But I've watched this thing. This thing is completely gone. And the best is yet to come. And they've got, I was, they, I was, I've watched them and news people have recovered them in churches, other churches. Believe it or not, churches were actually getting along up there where they're from. It's, it's amazing to pour into what they were doing and help them. And churches were buying them food and giving them gift cards. And churches were saying, hey, you can use our space. And they went to a high school. And the high school, they're using their space. And, and they're using, got kids space and the money through Friday. But they got a church space on Sunday with, the, with a different school. And it's going to make it. But they had to believe that they were going to make it. You have to believe that you're going to make it. When everything falls apart, you have to believe that you're going to make it. I believe it for everyone in here today. I was talking to, a, I talk to people, I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm telling the same story all the time, but I'm talking to people every single week about, hey, you're going to make it. There's a sweet young lady in here. Um, she's not here today, but she's got two little kids and she has a third on the way and, and, and she's trying to move and trying to make ends meet and trying to get out of a bad car situation so she can get into a better car situation with a lower, lower payment. She's trying to get a house for these three little kids that she can raise up, single mom. And, and I tell her, hey, you're gonna make it. And she comes to Saturday set up and she helps and she serves and she's a part of it. And I, what I realized, I've watched the transfer from me believing she's gonna make it to her believing that she's gonna make it. And you have to believe that you're gonna make it. I can leave for you all you want. Uh, um, Jeff and Rhiannon moved this week. And uh, they were so glad to see us this week. I'll tell you why they were glad to see us. On, they moved on Friday, which I told Diana, like, if you're gonna have people help you move, never move on a Friday. That's just bad timing. But when you're desperate, you're desperate. And they had found a p place and they go to pay the deposit and sign the contract. And the lady said, oh yeah, I'm not gonna make it. And like, okay, you wanna do it later? What time? Yeah, in two months. Well, that's not good timing when you're trying to, when you're in, you have an end date and you're trying to go into a new space and they were looking for places and Jeff is driving. Jeff is believing they're gonna make it. Randall's believing they're gonna make it. Jeff's driving to a men's Bible study from east, from almost from Bithlow, Chiliota, 50 miles every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. You believe, I believe, that Jeff believes he's gonna make it. And so Jeff's driving 50 minutes to a Bible study just to be around good Christian men. Well, Christian we're trying to get better. Um, it's called manhood restored. So like we're working on it. But man, you, if you're, I believe this, someone who believes that God's gonna make it, they're gonna put themselves in a place where God's making it for other people because that stuff's contagious. But, but Jeff's driving all the way, 50 minutes each way. Well, the house thing fell through. And so he begins to move and he had a couple guys who were gonna help him and hoping some neighbors were gonna help him to move. And so we went on without, we went on with our day. I had a full, full slate on, on Friday and marriage coaching, all the things that I have going on Friday. And I went out to dinner. I said, hey, Diana, I think Jeff and we got to go by Jeff and Rhiannon's tonight. And we're going to bring, we're, we were leaving our little family night and, and um, 
all, all six of us. I'm like, we're going to drive. I was like, my phone died. I had my, my watch that I don't run with, but I was going to run with. I had the address on, on my watch. And I'm like, hey, put this address on your phone. We're going to drive there. And we got there and Jeff and Marina were there all there all by, himself, all by themselves. And I got out of my car and I said, hey, good to see you. He's like, man, Jesus always shows up right on time. I'm like, you shouldn't call me Jesus, but I'll take it. You know? So I'm like, you know what? Jesus always has disciples. So Dinah's like, hey, we need to call somebody. I'm like, call, Greg will come. That Greg will do anything. He loves Jesus. I don't know if he loves Jesus enough to help somebody move, but he'll come help. And so him, Greg showed up and his two boys showed up and, and they were defeated. As defeated as you can be. And then it got better, right? Because you went to go take a hot shower and there was no hot water in the rental place. So it always gets better, right? You know what I'm saying? But no hot water. Jeff gets in the car. Jeff drives all the way back to, to Bithlow, East, East Orlando, Toyota, to clean up the house all by himself. We went and got them. Uh, Dinah's like, I'm, we're, gonna, we're gonna get them dinner. And we, Dinah went and got them, went to Publix and it was late. So the demon child behind me, the two and a half year old daughter, she's screaming, she's miserable. But man, we, you have to believe that you're gonna make it. They were so positive. They were so positive. We got them. Man, we're glad you guys are here, but they would have did it without them. But they believed they were going to make it. I told Dan, I said, you know, when we get there, I said, if I'm Jeff, I'm parking that U-Haul in front of that truck, and I'm leaving that there until tomorrow morning, and I'm going to find some, some good Christians that are going to come help me unload this tomorrow morning. That's what I'm doing, but not Jeff. He believed he was going to make it. And you and I have to believe that we're going to make it. No matter what you're going through in here today, when everything falls apart, you have to believe that you have a choice. You have to believe that survival is an option, and you have to believe that you're going to make it. And in this story, we're going to watch this last clip. He believes he's going to make it and we'll see if he makes it. You can't make it alone. That's that last scene. You just can't make it alone. He would have never made it back by himself. Could have never made a, made a space shuttle, never made a rocket to get himself back into space. And I want you to know today, I want everyone here to say, no, you can't make it alone. Things are going to go south. Things are going to go, they're not going to go perfect all the time because we don't live in a perfect world and there are no perfect people, and you're not perfect, and I'm not perfect, so things aren't always gonna go perfect. And you have to prepare yourself for that. Even Jesus, son of man, tells us things aren't always gonna, be prepared for when things don't go right because things aren't always gonna go right. Like that's a positive way to end a message, Wes. I'm not ending there. The point is this, you're gonna make it. You're gonna make it, and you're gonna make it. There's a passage of scripture that I want to read to you real quick, and we want you to know we, we like to have fun in our church. It's one of our core values is that we should have fun at church. But uh, you came here today, maybe you came today, and you're like, I came for the word, Wes, show me the word. All that came from God's word, but I'm going to read it to you, okay? I'll show you where it came from. Romans chapter 8, one of the most awesomest chapters in the Bible. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I already read that to you, and, um, and all, all of the, what I'm about to read to you, there's a, this verse says right here, it says, what shall we say about all these wonderful things? Now, all the wonderful things that he's talking about, they were just talking about heaven and what we're gonna gain as being inheritors of heaven or being um, recipients of heaven and when we get to heaven. He goes, what shall we say about all these things, all right? He says, I wanna I want tell you, okay? Here, here's what should we say. If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Who could ever be against us? Verse 32, since he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us, won't he also give us everything else? If he gave us his son, won't he give us, won't he make a way for us? Won't he help us survive? Absolutely. The very next verse says this in verse 33, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one can accuse God for God himself has given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one can condemn us. For Christ, for Christ died for us, 
and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the right, in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he's actually pleading for us. Verse 35 says this, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Absolutely not. Can destitute? No. Danger? No. Calamity? No. Persecution? No. Hunger? No. Threat, threats? Can anything separate us? No. Nothing can separate us from the overwhelming love of Jesus. I want to give you two things today that I think you need to take leave with today. And I'm done. Here's the first one. God's for you. I need you to know when you walk out here today, if everyone else is against you, I need you to know when you leave here today, like, Wes, what, what, did I get any, was, was the movie Martian good or not? I don't want you to leave thinking that. <laughs> I want you to leave here today knowing that God is for you. The Bible said, if God's for you, then who could be against you? Well, everyone could be against you. Your haters can be against you. It may feel like your family is gonna be against you. It may feel like everyone that you know is against you. It may feel like your boss is against you. It may feel like your spouse is against you. It may seem like your finances are against you. It may seem like your relationships are against you. But it doesn't matter because God is for you. He's for you. I was talking to a guy today. He said, I gotta get back into church. I want you to know God is for you getting back into church. I gotta get my life right. God is for you getting your life right. I gotta get my finances together. I gotta get this. God is for you getting things together. I, I need some healthy relationships. God is for you getting healthy relationships. Here's the second thing, and I think it's important for all of us to know in here today. The Bible says this, that God, in this text here, God, he's reminded us that God loves you. He loves you. Well, Wes, doesn't, doesn't that, if he's for you, doesn't that mean that he also loves you? Yeah, to me it does, but to you it may not mean that. You may feel unloved. You may feel like, man, God, God doesn't love me. Uh, he, I, for some reason, he just doesn't love me. I don't know why he doesn't, but he just doesn't. I, I had some bad things happen. I had a situation happen to me, and this happened. I was talking to a brother this morning. He said, you know, my, my dad died of cancer. I, I was mad at God. I had to work through that. I'm working through that. Two rows in front of her is another person who lost her dad of cancer, and they're working through that. And whatever you're going through, you have to work through that. And you have to work through that, and you have to work through You have to believe that it's gonna work out. You have to begin to know that you have an option. You have to know that survival is an option. You have to know all that. You have to put all that together. But all that means this, is that God is for you, and dang it, he loves you. He loves you so stinking much. He loves you more than you love yourself. Like, Wes, I don't know, I love myself a lot. <laughs> he loves you so much more. He makes love that, the, you're like, well, you know, some of you guys in here, the, the Bible talks about love in this way. It make, the love that you have for your kids, Brooke and Brittany are sitting next to each other today and, and they're twins. And um, you guys probably remember them from, from West Atlanta, but Brooke and Brittany are sitting there, one lives in West Palm and they love their kids. Brooke and Brittany love their kids. The pictures, they love each other's kids. I don't, I wanna say you like you love them more anybody that I know, but it got weird whenever you guys started numbering all your kids and that's a little bit desensitizing. So I'm not sure you love them that much because you numbered them. So, but the point is this, you, you, number, you love them. And Brooke loves Brittany's kids and Brittany loves Brooke's kids and all the pictures, I love that. But the Bible says that God loves us so much, it actually makes the love that Brooke and Brittany have for their kids, it actually makes that love, that human love look like hate. That's hard to wrap your mind around, right? Like, cause you like, well Wes, there's no way in the world I could ever hate my child. Like, I mean like, sometimes when they're supposed to go to bed, but they don't, like I can hate them then, but like I, but like at the most loving moment you can have with your kid, like, okay, when they're sleeping and they're not complaining and they're not mad, you know, like, and you're just like, oh, they look so sweet and innocent. You know, like, God loves us so much. It makes the love that we have for people look like hate. What said to me a few weeks ago, like, your son doesn't like people. Like, how can he be a Beecham but not like people? I'm like, he's an atheist. I don't know, you know, I don't know. I don't know why, you know, but I love my kid. And I love people, but the Bible says that the love I have for people, it actually looks like hate compared to how much God loves me. And I want you to know, no matter what situation you're in, things are looking bleak, things are falling apart, 
Everything's gone to hell. You can't make sense. You're flipped upside down. Your finances are flipped upside down. Your relationships are flipped upside down. Everything's flipped upside down. That's your world. Know this, there's a God in heaven that loved you so much that he knew that things were gonna be flipped upside down, that he's actually sent his son from heaven, capture this, loved his kids so much, loved you so much that he took his son from heaven and placed him down to earth to walk through the fire with you. If that's not for you and that's not love, I don't know what it is.